This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Getting you into Rangers Bruins. We've got the Knicks and the Clippers tonight. Knicks coming off of a big win in Phoenix where they took care of business. They were down 10 in the third quarter, and then Jalen Brunson just went off. You did get big-time shots from, you know, Quickly and Grimes, big plays made by Hartenstein, you know, defensively. But it was the the Jalen Brunson show last night. He scored 50 points to go along with uh, nine assists, six rebounds, career-high five steals, and did it on 17 of 23 shooting. Here, uh, Jacob, if you can play this cut for me, uh, Jalen Brunson on uh, getting the game ball last night. Yeah, uh, I should have dunked it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I gave it to Julius. I mean, it's just instinct, you know. We got to continue, continue to get better in our chemistry, and now we're getting better, getting better, and now everyone's just everyone's on the same page, and we got to continue to stay on that page. So it's funny, Julius Randle last night, you know, had some fun with the the game ball thing. What'd you think of the the Giannis situation? Where, I, look, I get it. He scored sixty four points. It's a franchise record. He wants the ball, but he looked like a maniac. He did. Also, well, one for the Pacers. I never heard of a rookie getting the ball for yeah. scoring a point. I, and in baseball on a hit, like that makes sense. Oh, scoring your first point, like getting touch, the game ball, like getting a touchdown, that makes sense. But that didn't make no sense. And then with Giannis's, he said he was getting it for Dame because Dame passed, uh, I think Ray Allen or no, not Ray Allen. Um, he passed somebody on the three point list, and he was getting it for Dame. I thought that was even weirder to me. So you did all that for Dame. Yeah, I, I didn't. It's it looked weird. He's running in the, into the tunnel. It just looked like it just looked maniacal. So he moved into fifth place on the uh, Dame Lillard on the all time three point list, passing Kyle Korver. Uh, he's got 2,451-3. So it didn't make uh, Giannis look look great in that moment. But, you know, back to the Knicks. They get the win last night. 139-122 uh, was the final score. They improved to 14-10 and 10 on the season. They had struggled against teams above 500, which is why you can file this in the category of, you know, best win of the season. And, you know, it's a good one. They'll, they'll look to make it two straight tonight. When they visit the Clippers, and then they'll be uh, staying in L.A. to play the Lakers. who are going to be hanging a banner on Monday night. How you feel about that, Jacob? Lakers hanging an in-season tournament championship banner. I, I probably said this on air already, but I'm going to say it again. I think if it was the Charlotte Hornets, if it was like any other team besides the Lakers or Celtics, to hang up a banner, it would be fine, but... The Lakers hanging up an in-season tournament banner. Come on, what are we doing? The playing tournament next? Yeah. Like, are we, are we, are we, we, awesome. we? San Antonio snapped their win streak against us. Come on, what are we doing? Oh, man. Well, I, I think the league is mandating that they do it. I'm, I'm sure the Lakers would have been against it. Uh, there's no chance Genie Bus with the leg- the legacy and the history of winning with that franchise, you know, wanted that to happen. But Adam Silver is trying to sell this in-season tournament. And, you know, it, it, it looks like so far it's been a success. The the ratings were great. Uh, you got LeBron, who's the face of the league still LeBron at age 39, uh, age 39 winning. So I, I thought that's good for the league. You know what I can't deal with, though? Because people like tell on themselves when they say stupid things. What's that? It's well, you know, you know, MJ wouldn't have taken this in season tournament seriously. He only cared about championships, and all you saw during the last dance was MJ compete with everything, at everything, where he's you know making bets with the janitor, like that's become a popular meme now. Yeah. So, uh, and I love Kobe. Kobe's my favorite player of all time, but people lumped you know Kobe and MJ into the category of yeah. You know, they would not have 
you know, gone this hard over an in-season tournament because they didn't care enough. Those guys were as fierce competitors as they came. Kobe wanted to rip your heart out in every single regular season game. That's what he wanted to do. Same with MJ. So that competitive juice would not have subsided just because the NBA decided to, you know, put a wrinkle in the regular season and give you an in-season tournament. So I've got no issue with, you know, players going hard and wanting to win this thing. LeBron's gunning for it. And it was good it was good for the league, good, great for the team. Oh yeah, absolutely. You saw you saw who I don't remember who it was, but there were players on the team who said LeBron approached them before the game and said, "Yo, you know, you guys and I'm paraphrasing you know, you don't, you don't make as much money as the upper echelon athletes in this sport. So we're going to go do this for y'all. We're going to go gonna go get this uh, in-season tournament championship. Yeah, it was a couple of the two-way Lakers. Yeah, that imagine that if you're a two-way player. You're getting 500 racks after winning a basketball game. And LeBron told them, "We, I got you. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I got you. I mean, look, uh, Anthony Davis went off, which, by the way, doesn't that suck? Listen, right? like he, how, do you feel, how do you feel as a Lakers fan about that? What were you gonna? What were you gonna say? Because what I'm gonna say is, if it's a controlled environment for Anthony Davis, he's great. Like he's, the bubble, he's great. <laughs> he's absolutely like through the roof. He's everything you expect. But if it's him traveling, going to different cities, like not he can't do which, it over 82 games. Not knowing which AD you getting. That's what frustrates me the most. As he's actually like one of the most frustrating players in the NBA because like when he's great, there are times where he looks like. Yo, am I watching the best player in basketball? And that's not exaggerating. What he does on both ends, like when he's at his absolute best, you're like, yo, is this the best player in the league? We know he's not, but when you're just watching him at his best, how you know devastating he is defensively, not just blocking shots, but you know deterring guys from going to the basket, hanging out on the perimeter, and then what he's able to do offensively, but it's, it, he's, he can't do it consistently. So he'll put up forty five in the next game. He's like three of th- three of nine. Dude, why are you only taking nine shots to begin with, but only making three of them? It's, what what I was gonna say is, that's like what, maybe the best stat line of his career, but it didn't count because the the, the in season it's the tournament in-season, stats. Yeah, the end season tournament stats count all the way up into the championship game. So that kind of stinks, right? They have that monster stat line and it really not count. Like, that's one of those, like, it was just in the void. That's a dream game for AD, and it just, you know. It's just like it never happened. Mm. <laughs> but I'm with you, man. Like, it, it, we we keep having the same conversation about Anthony Davis. Like, if he can keep it up, you know, the, they, they can go on a run. But he just hasn't played with that consistency. And it's not just that. It's sometimes he doesn't look like I – hate, I hate doing this because I don't like to talk about things that I can't really measure. It, it feels unfair. Like the want it, right? Like the the guys that 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 have that passion that they have to win. Like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna will my team to victory. That killer instinct that we like to talk about, we like to throw around. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't come across as him having it as consistent as as we would like for him to. I think it's well with AD, I, and it's a problem with a couple of other players in the league. Uh, you don't develop year by year. Like there is no change in your skill. Like you're not the thing that your rookie year. That the scouting report out was on, it's still the same thing in year ten. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I see Clay Thompson and why I get frustrated with him too. With 
that's the other report that he turned down a two-year, $48 million deal from the Warriors. Yeah, how's that looking now, Clay? Mm. Oh, man, Ugh. they're a mess. We're going to have to talk about Draymond at some point because they're a mess. But, yeah, I hear you. It was the same for Dwight at a certain point in his career. We know what we were getting from him defensively. He was one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the league. He was shutting it down, winning Defensive Player of the Year. But the offensive bag never developed. Like, we saw him take a team to the finals – but there was no consistent move that he could go to. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing. The Klay Thompson one is interesting, though. Because isn't it, wasn't it more important for Klay Thompson to master what he was great for that team? To master what he was great at and just do it at such an elite level, no one can touch him, versus him becoming more versatile? I think it was more important for him to just master what he did. I didn't need him to be a ball handler. I didn't need him to break down defense. Just see, play excellent, play excellent defense. Hit clutch threes, and, and that's pretty much what, and be the tough guy. See, the, I will I will push back on that because he came in with an all time master three point shooter. Like you can't teach that type of shooting. That type of shooting, he it just passed down to him. I mean, he and on the other side of the ball, he was defensively great, guarding your best perimeter yeah. player. So my thing is. I don't want. I don't need you to go out there and do what Steph Curry does in terms of like increasing your impact, like increasing your shot percentage and things like that. But I do need you to show me. I right, you can, here's a post up. Show me a post up. Here's a here's a dribble drive. But I, here's the thing. I, I don't think they need because of like how that team was built with Steph, and then well, you know once KD comes, it was it was just unfair. And Draymond, like I, I don't really think they needed him to do more than what he did. We knew. That if the series was close late in the series, like you get game six, Clay Thompson, he was going to be a flamethrower from three. But it is an interesting debate on Clay Thompson. That's 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 an interesting one. 3776 So the Knicks get the win last night, and uh, they'll look to make it two straight tonight when they play the Clippers. Let's hit Paul in Queens. What's up, Paul? Yeah. Hello. Hey, what's up, Paul? All right. How you doing, Ty? Doing well, man. What's going on? Um, a um, couple of different shows they've been talking about. The Knicks need to make this trade. They need to get. They just need one more guy. They need. They need somebody to to you know that's going to be the the it guy. And I believe that they already have that guy in Jalen Brunson. They have that guy. It's, it's, he's a, he's a, he's the guy. He's, you think- he's the one. You you think yeah, that yeah. He, he can be the best player on a championship team? Most definitely. Okay. He, he's showing that he can do that. So what so what you're saying is that Jalen Brunson is one of the greatest players in NBA history. I'm saying that he is growing into that. He is that guy. He's he growing that guy. He's growing into one of the greatest players in NBA history is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. And and so the reason why I'm 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 leading you up to that is because you follow the history of this sport. For the most part, you have the like 04 Pistons, you got the 79 Supersonics. Like for the most part, championship teams are led by an all-time great player. All Jokic last year, Steph the year before, we saw Durant, LeBron, like Kobe, Shaq, like we see all Jordan, Magic, Bird, like it's all-time great players winning championships. So if you're if you're saying you're either saying this can be an anomaly of a season, 
or Jalen Brunson is up there with those guys as far as his ability to carry a team to a championship. Yep. Yep, he right. is. Yeah. All right, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I disagree. I, I love Jalen Brunson. I, I, he embodies everything you want in a player, especially at that size, right? Like, he's, he still shows the toughness. He's taking charges. And I thought last night the perfect encapsulation of the type of teammate and the type of guy that he is was, you know, Nurkic has the ball on the perimeter. Jalen Brunson swipes it away. He's got a breakaway. He understands what the numbers are, and like people are, you know, players are cognizant of what their career highs are. And instead of going up for the layup, he feeds it over to Julius uh, Julius Randle, who gets the dunk. That's a great teammate. Not a lot of guys would have done that. And, and Mike Breen immediately said, "That's what you call leadership." And I one thousand percent agree. One thousand percent agree. Uh, like quickly before we hit a break, Manny's in Flushing. What's up, Manny? Yeah. Hey, hey, Ty, how you doing? What's going on? Good man, listen. Uh, I'm glad that you brought up. Uh, shout out to Julius Randle. Uh, Manny. You breaking up, Manny? Okay, I hear you now. What's up, Manny? Ah, uh, we lost. Man- Manny, call us back, man. Your your phone line was a little suspect. So call us back and we'll get you right on. 800-919-3776. Couple people want to talk about the Knicks. We'll do inner out at 5:30. Still a whole lot to do. Before we get to 6.30, where we hand the baton over to the Rangers and the Bruins right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. But we're trying to do something. We're, we're trying to do something um, in real time here. Update the, the meter to avoid getting a ticket. The problem is I can't find the code. So we're going to try to do that without getting a ticket. We're going to try to do that live on the air. But in the meantime, let's go to Jacob and Union, who wants to weigh in on the Knicks. What's up, Jacob? What's going on, Ty? What's up, man? Um, so this is my uh, my monthly check-in on that Tyrese Halliburton 100-1 most improved player Ooh. bet. Now it's 7-1, just a little update. Uh, how we looking, babe? How, how we looking? It's looking good. So I'll lead that into to, to say, obviously the Knicks had a chance to have Halliburton. Um, in the draft, would you rather the Halliburton-style point guard that I think is in the vein of uh, a Steve Nash, you know, distributor, or what Jalen Brunson has become? Because I I easily would have said Halliburton probably a couple months ago, but I think Brunson is on to that, like, Iverson lead-scoring small guard type of thing. So so basically, who who would you rather have? I still right now would rather have Jalen, also because I did see Brunson do it in the postseason. Like helping the Mavs two years ago get to the conference finals, and you know Luca had missed the first couple games of that Jazz series, so I still give the nod to to Brunson, but it's close. It's really, really close. It is. It's a good problem to have, and, and I'm much less sad about us not having Halliburton now that uh, we see Brunson is that that guy. So. Yeah, but you, then you Thanks think about had you, and I appreciate the call. You think about had you have drafted Halliburton, like what it could have meant for. You know, you developing him and then possibly getting someone else, like as Halliburton is developing. If you just look at it, you know, would you rather have Tyrese or Jalen? Right now, I, I think it's like a, a toss-up between the two. Uh, one, I would get the nod to, to Jalen, but uh, it's still a, a player they should have drafted. They they still should have drafted this guy. 3776 uh, here was uh, Kevin Durant praising Jalen Brunson 50-point game. 
that's his franchise. So they all there to support him and put him in best position that he can to be Hall of Fame player by the end of his career, the way he playing up there. You know, so if he keep this up, he on great pace to do that. But they all support him. You know, they they, they put in sets for him. They they run plays for him. When he gets hot, they, they continue to get him the ball. So tonight was one of those nights for him. He made nine nine for nine from the three. He missed two free throws, but nine for nine from the three. You know. Yeah, nine for nine from three. His his he has been on a heater from downtown this year. And uh, the Knicks right now are in the midst of a stretch where they're going to play ten straight teams with winning records. So we're we're going to get we're going to find out what this team is. And you know it, it, we're what they're fourteen and ten. So we've just kind of you know got past the the quarter mark of the season. So I mean it does feel a little bit too early to be looking at standings. But you know why it's important going forward is. Like, Philadelphia did not take the step back that many people thought they would take back. Like, we thought them losing Harden, there's no way they're going to be able to keep up, you know, what they were last year. And Joel Embiid looks like the MVP of the league again. You know, it's between him and Jokic right now for one and two. SGA's in the conversation, but Embiid's been fantastic. Now, all of a sudden, Orlando has become, you know, uh, uh, that young team that's taking the next step. Uh, so the Knicks are sitting in five at, at with the five seed right now. You do you love a matchup with Philly in round one? No, of course not. And then you obviously don't want to play the Bucks or the Celtics in the first round. So you got to figure out, out a way to, you know, get in that that four, four, that four range. The three games back of the three seed. Still early again. Like you you don't want to be going nuts looking at the standings now. But just you know, big picture. It's about finding a way to avoid the Celtics and the Bucks for as long as possible. You're going to get one of those teams in round two. Can you also avoid Philly? I think Philly-New York, for us, would be a fun first-round matchup. But I don't know that that's the first-round series you want to have if, if you're the Knicks. Going up going up against that team with Maxie and, and, and Embiid? Yeah, with the speed of Maxie and then the way Embiid puts your big men in foul trouble. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I, it's going to be probably not a great series for Mitchell Robinson. Speaking he, of foul trouble, you know who's like, Nick fans just hate Trey Young. You know who's to some degree becoming Trey Young? Who's that? Quickly. You ever watch like the, the fouls he draws going to the basket? Yeah. The, the, it, it, He's been watching a lot of that little, James Harden, Trey Young fakes, tape. Yeah, the little. The little uh, get you in the head, a little up fake, and I'm going to dive right into you. Now, it's, it's working for him because he's an excellent free throw shooter. He's efficient, so you have to honor the three-point shot because he can hit it at a high clip. And he's, you know, no pun intended, very quick. So it's working. But you you watch quickly, man. Y'all y'all be hating on Harden and Trey Young. Quickly's doing the same exact thing that those guys were Listen, doing. Listen, I didn't see nothing. I ain't see Quickly do not one thing. He's doing what he's <laughs> supposed to be doing. Uh, let's hit Bruce and BK. What's up, Bruce? Ty, what's going on, my man? What's going on, bro? Talk to me. Uh, the Knicks, you know, I'm just really enjoying watching this team play. Uh, it's a little, The only frustrating thing is between – Brunson and Randall, those are the two arguably, you know, top 20 players right now. They both did this. The scoring at ease uh, It's just I can't figure out what it is that's holding the team back. Um, I don't think there's a, a move out, a realistic move out there to make uh, that that will push them to the next limit. Like, 
trading for DeRozan. I don't <sighs> think he'll make much of a difference. Yeah, not... we have two. We have two scores, and Brunson is proven that he's a finisher right now. We had that already. I, you know, Mitchell Robinson being out, that's going to hurt. But, uh, I mean, I, just leave the team as it is. You know, unless you were getting a Giannis or something like that, which isn't going to happen, I don't think trading for uh, one of these, uh, the Rose and the Levine, we have, you know, all the pieces on the team. We just need to uh, just stick with it. I, I'm, not, we can go. I'm not mad at that take, Bruce. I appreciate the call. What what infuriates me is when, you know, the the actual superstars become available. You know, the, the Giannis's, the Lucas, the, the, the Devin Booker's. Uh, the Embiid's of the world become available, and you're like, nope, can't give up quickly in Grimes. Stop it. Like Now you sound like like an absolute clown. But I, I'm fine with being patient if you don't feel like the guy you're trading for really elevates your ceiling as, as significant as you, you need it, it needed to be elevated. Like the Rosen, it's not doing much for you. I, I need a baller next to Jalen, which is why I said – that the Kawhi Leonard thing is, is so fascinating to me. He opts out, he becomes available. That yo, that low key could be a perfect fit for the Knicks. Is is there any way we could combine him and PG? Like just make him one player? <laughs> well, because Paul, I mean, Paul George got an injury history too. Kawhi, Kawhi is always hurt. The loan management stuff. Those two, they, they're two really good players. I just don't see the Clippers working. Uh, it's because James Harden. That, when does that ever work out? But that's that's gonna be fun to watch. Kawhi to the Knicks. Can we start that? That would be fun, man. Ka- Kawhi's not a. If someone asked me like, would would Kawhi play well in New York City? Well, he's in L. A. right now, and I get it's the Clippers, it's not the Lakers. But Kawhi with Brunson and Randall. I mean, you remember I that, like that? Remember that first year Kawhi uh, went to the Clippers? They had that little commercial. He was supposed to take over L. A. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was cute. And what, what happened to that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a 3-1 lead got blown, and then Lakers win a championship. Listen, no, he, de- he doesn't have to have that problem in New York. I mean, it's a Knicks town. It's never going to be a Nets town, so <laughs> he could just come over here. Why not? Man, if the Knicks could get their hands on I, I wonder if Nick fans be into that. 800-919-3776. All right, let's play uh, in or out next, and then we'll get back to the football right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to decide. Are you in or are you out? Oh, let's do it. I I, I really love this segment. This is when the producers come to shine. So I could be the Jalen Brunson of the program, give you 59 and 6 on, you know, 17 to 23 shooting. One of the most efficient 50-point games in NBA history. But then you need your Julius Randle. You need your, you know, R.J. Barrett. And that's where we go to the control room to find Jacob Perry, who looks a little bit like R.J. Barrett. And then Julian, who looks a little bit like Julius Randle. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing well? Let's do it. Let's get it popping. Uh, so I'm going to start here. So just to give some backstory, um, during the in-season tournament, like the final uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett had a watch party. Yeah, Pierce, this, uh, I saw this. Uh, LeBron is not a top five <laughs> player, and his top five was Luca, Nicola, Joel, and uh, Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Jason Tatum. Uh, Kevin Garnett disagreed. So, are you in or out on uh, LeBron being a top five, and and are out on the list? Is he a top five current NBA player? Yeah, I will current. say the answer to that is no. He is not one of the 
five best players in basketball. He's not. But what I will say is, if I had to win one game, like the in-season tournament championship game, or game seven of the finals, or let's just make it a three-game sample, right? The series is tied 2-2, and I get to pick one player the rest of the series, I think my answer is Jokic. And then is the next guy LeBron? I feel like LeBron's the next answer. So, no, he's not a top five current NBA player. He's having a fantastic season. He's the oldest player. And the fact that, like, this is a legitimate conversation as the oldest player in the league, year 21, with all the miles, you know, the miles he got on his body, is just speaks to his greatness and the excellence that he's put on display for past two decades. But I, Paul Pierce in that clip just comes across and has always come across like a hater. And LeBron sent him packing in, in, in 2012, beat him, you know, beat him in the playoffs. So he's never been able to get over that. Uh, top five, no. I, I'd go Giannis. I'd go Jokic. I'd go Luka. I can't go Joel Embiid, man. Like, I, I guess regular season Embiid, sure. Maybe Tatum. SGA is having a phenomenal season. Uh, Durant's been awesome. Steph, like, after you after you get past Jokic, Giannis, and um, Luka, then it's, like, up for debate who fills out the top five. I don't think he's a top five player. But all that to say, no, he's not top five. So I'm, I'm, I am in on him not being a top five current NBA player. But uh, if you told me there were stakes involved, LeBron's probably either my first or my second pick no questions asked next all right well ty are you in or out the pistons will set the record for the most consecutive losses so what is it 20 they're currently at 22 the record is 28 with the 2015 uh 76s oh the uh tanking sixers so you said it's 22 yeah, they're at 22 right now. All right. So tonight they play the Bucks. That's a loss. That's 23. Then they play the Hawks. I guess their next like winnable game is Utah next Thursday. I mean, then they play the Nets back to back in the South. Like, are they going to set the record for most losses? And that would uh, they would tie it against the Celtics on the on the 28th, 28th and, and they... then break it. Uh, if they lose that Celtics game, there's no chance in hell they're beating the Raptors. And then doing that at home, <laughs> doing that at a home, you know what? I'm in on it. They stink, bro. Like, that's bad. And then, you know what's even worse? Uh. I saw this conversation. Like, it could Monty Williams be in trouble? Fam, y'all just gave him the richest contract in NBA history. This is year one. Is he? He's in trouble after a quarter of the season? But, yeah, when you lose 22 straight games, how does that happen? So they lost 22 straight. The Spurs, what? They, they ended their, their streak. What was 18. it? 18 last night. Beat my Lakers, which, you know, is kind of embarrassing. Uh, the, the, the Wizards have lost something like 16 of 18. So you've got three, like, historically bad teams all happening right now in the NBA, which is bad for the sport. It's terrible for the league. But, yeah, I'm in on it, man. I, I want to see it. To quote the great uh, Ebro Darden, I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see it next. Uh, so my next one here is uh, the Bills to beat the Cowboys, and if they do, they go on a run to win the AFC East. <sighs> oh, my God. So the Bills have the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins after the Cowboys. All right, so, so, allow, so give me a moment here to— Well, uh, to give you a moment, the Cowboys on their— for, 
road wins for the Cowboys this year have been the Giants at 40-0, the Chargers, and the Panthers. They're not like a pantheon of teams. Yeah, and I think they're like... They've outscored teams like a bucks. Uh, this is off the top of my head. I think their point difference is like a buck. I want to say fifty, and then like on, overall, and then on the road, it's only nine. So clearly, they are much more dominant at home than they are on the road. Uh, I, I I actually do give the Bills a chance to win this game tomorrow. Are they going to go on a run and win the AFC AFC East? I'm out on that. I'm sorry. They have been hovering around five hundred all season long, and people are now. Back to the Bills' uh, bandwagon because they they destroyed the Jets and barely beat the Chiefs. I'm sorry, I'm not in on it. I'm not sold on Miami being a contender, but I have a hard time believing that Buffalo is going to go from being the 11th seed where they are now to winning the AFC East. So I'm out on that. Next. Oh man, we haven't uh, talked about him today. We haven't talked about this team today, but the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Oh man, how realistic is it? That he comes back this season. I'm out on it, and maybe it's because I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for him not to come back. Like, would it be fun? Of course. Would it be one of the greatest stories? I mean, ever. Sure. But I think he's already achieved that, and we should give him credit for looking this good in such a short time. You know, removed from the Achilles surgery. I I just find it hard to believe that it makes sense. For a 39-year-old quarterback, three months removed from tearing his Achilles, to come back behind this bad offensive line on that turf at MetLife Stadium that we've seen three Achilles injuries this year. The Dolphins had a, had one of their linebackers tear his Achilles. Al Woods, the defensive lineman for the Jets, tore his Achilles. And then Aaron Rodgers, the first game of the season. So behind this line on that turf, Nah, man, it's not a good idea. I would love to see it, but I got to think about the about the future. And you know what doesn't sit well with me? When people are like, you know what? At least if he re-tears it, he has the entire offseason to rehab. That doesn't make me feel good. A second tearing of your Achilles, and now you're 40? Nah, fam. Hey, but- I stayed there, and and the Jets had him like catch playing defense yesterday. We caught an interception. Oh. Like, what the hell is going on here? Listen, if he can't play quarterback, he could play cornerback. Oh man, oh yeah, I'm out on that, and that's because I'm rooting for. It. I don't. I would love to see. I'm caught between it. You know, what's the song? Furthest thing with Drake, right? Somewhere between I want it and I got it. Somewhere between I'm sober and I lift it. Somewhere between I really want to see Rogers play versus I don't want to see him play. But I think in the best interest of, you know, the Jets and the organization to have some hope for next year, I we can't have them play. Next. Yeah, I think we're done. Uh, I think we wrapped it up. Well, good job, guys. I just uh, lost my headphones, so I can't hear anything. Uh, but great stuff from Jacob and Julian on the program. 800-919-3776. That's uh, quickly sneaking Dave in the Bronx. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. What's up, bro? Hey, what's happening? I think the what's going on to Jalen Brunson is a travesty. I don't understand why this guy gets no respect. Uh, but before that, I think Kawhi Leonard is on the Knicks as a home run. Nobody's going to argue that. But Jalen Brunson not getting the respect is a travesty. I think he not gets sure a ton happened. of respect, Dave. Like who? Who? He he, he was let go. Uh, Dallas didn't oh. sign him. Nobody ever talks. Okay. You know, nobody really talks about the guy as being the as a stud that he is. I don't know if it has anything to do with his father. Wait, what? 
What just happened there? Uh, I, 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 I mean, oh, that was a great choice of words. I mean, yeah, what's but going I, on? Honestly, I, I see what he was talking about, but a lot of people were talking about that. A lot of people were talking about how Brunson wasn't worth it yeah. when, once the Mavericks left. And then once he, that, after that first year, correct, they were all in, like, how could they let, let him leave? He was right there in, in their backyard. How Like, come on. Uh, where's the phrasing <laughs> Don't Barton Honda got a, a phrasing drop. Oh, I got drop. you. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, what, did he say getting, <laughs> did he say what I think he said? <laughs> um, Phrasing? Crazy. Yo, that was kind of crazy. Uh, I think Brunson now gets the respect that he deserves. Yeah, look, a couple years ago when the Mavs didn't want to give him a contract extension, you know Mark Cuban has to regret that. Uh, but I, I think uh, Brunson is properly rated. He is a damn good basketball player. He's he's phenomenal, and he's going to be an all-star this year. Lonnie's in Long Island. What's up, Lonnie? Uh, yeah, yeah, Brunson's decent, but he's still a B. Uh-huh. The Knicks need a star. Until they get a star, they're not going to win. They're not going nowhere. That's what I want to say. And the, and the Jets, I, I don't want to see the bad man play. I want the Jets to lose the rest of the season, get a great draft pick, and, and see where we go from there. All right. And see if we can uh, somebody will pick up Wilson from us. I, Maybe I, that'll help. I, we pick up Wilson? Oh, Zach yeah. Wilson, Zach Wilson. Okay, I, yeah. I, I don't know why. I appreciate the call. In my mind, I don't know why. First, I, I was listening to you and I heard Garrett. I'm like Garrett Wilson. What? Look, I, I think the the best. Hmm. I want to phrase this so it makes sense. Maybe the Jets playing themselves out of position to draft a quarterback would be the best case scenario, because if could, could you imagine if they if they end up bad enough to take a quarterback. They're not going to take him because it would it would be a disservice to Rodgers. You're trying to capitalize on this guy's window to, to help you win a championship. So drafting someone who, if all goes well, doesn't play a single snap all of next season, you know, with the first round pick, that would just be uh, that would be a dumb decision to make if you are solely in on just being all in on this team winning a championship next year. Uh, but that creates just like a firestorm of, of chaos, right? If they're in position to draft a quarterback, they don't take him. That said quarterback goes on to be great, and then Rodgers uh, gets injured again, and it's just a mess. So I think to avoid all of that happening, you know, win as many games, win enough games so that you can help elevate the value of Zach Wilson so you can trade him. You can continue to try to buy into this coaching staff, and maybe they're not as bad as we might have thought that they, they were when they were losing five games in a row. And it takes you out of position to draft a quarterback, so you're not faced with having to do that and turn it down. I just think that that would be a good uh, situation to be in. 800-919-3776. Back in a moment. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Before we get there, uh, Draymond Green suspended this week. We know uh, it was announced by the league it is an indefinite suspension. And looks like the Warriors, Draymond's camp, and the league is going to work together to help him address uh, these issues. You even saw Rudy Gobert give him a shout-out, saying, you know, I hope he gets the help he needs. Durant said the same. And then Nurkic, I guess, jokingly said it after the incident uh, against the Suns. But, you know, everyone's uh, rooting for Draymond to get back to a place where we can play. Uh, To me, this needs to be at least 10 games uh, in the last 15-ish months, uh, Draymond Green punched out a teammate. That's That helped spoil their title defense. He stomped on an opposing player in Sabonis in the playoffs. 
Uh, he choked Gobert out in a scuffle that had nothing to do with Draymond, and then we just saw him swing on a guy who was simply playing defense. One of the things that made Draymond so valuable was that outside of him being an otherworld-class defender and an excellent playmaker, and at least outside of you know the KD years, you could make a case he was the second most important piece uh, in that dynasty. It was his ability to toe that line but still be available. Now he's going past the line, and he's getting to spend it. So for the second time this year, a team that desperately could use his services, because by the way, Draymond actually looked you know, close to Draymond this year. Efficiency's up, still playing great defense. It's a team that lacks size, but he's in there rebounding and hustling. So uh, this is clearly the you know hazard lights come on, let's pull the car over moment, because Draymond is now too over the top. And you thought seven years ago during the NBA Finals when he got suspended for a critical game that uh, you could really make the case cost him the series. You thought that a light bulb would have went off and he would have recognized, all right, I like, yes, I still need to be myself. I still need to bring that ferocity. I still need to bring that energy and that passion and be the, the, the key cog to this operation because he's the igniter. Right. Like he's the, the leader. He's everything that you know that team needs him to be in critical moments. But I need to dial it back just a little bit, just a little bit. And he hasn't been able to do that. And we've seen it now reach a point where people are legitimately concerned about him. So uh, Draymond, I, I, I thought the suspension is fair, but it has to at least be 10 games because this is becoming you know, too much of a recurring issue for the league to ignore. So, you know, put the hammer down and bang him for the season. But I, I do think that this is strike two. And if something else happens, you that's what you might be looking at. Um, but just to move the conversation forward, well, Stephen A was on first take. And I thought, you know, made uh, a salient point just about, you know, where's like Steph Curry's leadership in this whole thing? Not questioning him, you know, as a player, not questioning him as a man, but saying, this guy's acting out, man. You are in the midst of an extension of your prime. You're not supposed to be, if you're Steph Curry, this good at age 35. He was great last year, he's been good this year. And Draymond has his fingerprints all over, just tarnishing the seasons. Now, the Warriors' issues ran deeper than just what happened with him and Jordan, uh, Draymond and Jordan Poole last year. But to start your title defense that way was just awful. It was terrible. And you were, he was never able to have the voice that he had last year. So you know, here was Steve Kerr responding to, I guess, indirectly, you know, subliminally responding to those questioning Steph's leadership. Steph is as good of a leader as I've ever been around. I mean, the guy is an amazing human being. And what he's done the past decade in leading this team through all of the ups and the downs and the turmoil, for anybody to question Steph Curry's leadership, it's actually kind of sickening. And I saw some of that. It was disgusting. Talking about one of the finest human beings I have ever been around. But that's the climate that we live in. I do appreciate Steve Kerr because he's typically on the right side of these issues, you know, socially with the injustice that takes place, brutality, 
um, and, and all of those things, you know, morally that continue to play our, our society. Steve Kerr has been at the, at the forefront of it, so I appreciate him in that regard, which is why I feel a little bit bad having to say that that was a foolish comment. Uh, listen, now Stephen A's right. I, I didn't hear a guy in on first take in Stephen A. Smith trying to be overly critical of Steph Curry. He's just pointing out that, you know, we typically look to the leaders of the team when there's turmoil, when there's dissension, to rise above it and fix it. And Steph Curry, for as great as he is, should not be immune to that. Now remember, people destroyed LeBron for Kyrie wanting out of Cleveland. <laughs> and then we saw Kyrie do the same thing in Boston and Brooklyn. Right? Like, speaking of Brooklyn, all we heard during the big three failed experiment with Durant, Harden, and Irving was, well, why isn't KD holding Kyrie Irving accountable. So this really has just become the standard for the top athletes in this sport. We look at them and we see things going awry on the team and we say, all right, Giannis, what are you going to do about this? All right, Steph, I mentioned this has been happening for seven years. You go back to the 2016 finals. Like this has been a, a constant and it hasn't, you know, in the past hurt Golden State because they still managed to win championships. And then in 2019, when they lost, it wasn't because of, you know, Draymond's shenanigans. It was because of injuries. But you go back to when they, even when they won in 2022, when Draymond you just stunk it up in that series against Boston, they were down to one in that series. And Steph Curry had you know, a game four to remember and the rest of, uh, of it was history. This is the first time it's really starting to spill over and hurt the product. And Steph Curry is, you know, nearing the end of his career. He's experiencing an extended prime. But that's why it makes it, you know, so much more frustrating because you guys could still be contending, but you've got this clown out here acting crazy, acting foolish. So I, I thought what Stephen A. said was legitimate. Uh, Steph, uh, we don't know what you're doing behind closed doors. We don't know the types of conversations you're having. But fam, you you are in the business of winning championships. And this dude is just wilding. He's bugging out. Bugging out. 800-919-3776. We wrap the show. Two more segments to go before we lead you into Rangers Bruins right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Then you have the Knicks coming your way tonight in L.A. to take on the Clippers. I believe Pat O'Keefe and Monica McNutt on the call for that game as they look to make it two straight on the West Coast in the midst of a stretch where they'll play 10 games against teams over 500. The Knicks this year struggled against teams over 500. So last night was a big win. Uh, so that's on the table. I want to go around the NFL uh, real quick. Jacob, we got some uh, NFL music we can do before we get back to the phone calls at 800-919-3776. Because, yes, uh, it sounds crazy, but the Jets and the Giants still playing meaningful football games. It's week 15, and that ship has not the Jets at five and eight, still technically in the playoff race. They win out. Uh, I believe it's only an eleven percent chance. Even if they get to nine and eight, it's still just an eleven percent chance uh, to make the playoffs, which is going to leave you feeling like, man, the one that got away. Was it the week three loss to New England that you should have won? Was it the week nine loss to the Chargers? How about week ten to the Raiders or week thirteen to the Falcons? Any of those games go differently, we're having a different conversation about the Giants. Same can be said about, uh, I said the Jets. Uh, same can be said about the Giants, who are you know in 
playoff contention still because the bottom of the NFC playoff picture is such a mess. The Giants are at 5-8, and eight, but just one game back of the seventh seed. Uh, they would be in a different situation had they won that week six game against the Bills or if Brian Dable didn't lose his mind in that overtime game against the Jets. Different conversation. But even despite all of that, uh, they're still in it. The reason why I don't give them much of a chance you know, to make a run is because you're staring at two games against the Eagles in the final three weeks of the season uh, that I felt better about when the Eagles were 10-1, and believe it or not, that I feel now that the Eagles are 10-3 because now those games matter. The Eagles are trying to fend the Cowboys off for the division crown, and they're still trying to catch the Niners for the one seed. And for a team right right now is dealing with injuries, can they could definitely use that first round by. So that those two games are gonna matter. I don't give the Giants uh, I, I think the Giants win tomorrow. I don't give them much of a shot to make the playoffs because they're not touching Philadelphia. The Jets, I don't think they're going to beat Miami just because you're asking Zach Wilson to do something that, I mean, he quite literally has never done before, and that's give you back-to-back good for good performances, which is what you're going to need in order to beat a really good Miami team. We'll see if Tyreek Hill plays. That'll uh, be good news for the Jets' defense if he doesn't go. But it's still going to be a, a tall order to ask this Jet team, even off of their best win of the season, best game of Zach Wilson's career, it's going to be a tall order to ask them to uh, go out there in Miami and beat a team that they're nine-point uh, underdogs against. <laughs> Here's the part of the conversation where I get frustrated as we go around the NFL. Um, so why is it that we treat Buffalo different than we treat every other team? Dan Orlovsky went on Get Up, and I love Dan Orlovsky. I, I think he's the best uh, NFL analyst we have at ESPN. Did he did he really go on Get Up and say that if if Josh Allen wins this game tomorrow against the Cowboys, Josh Allen is going to take over the lead for MVP? Really? Did he say that? Is that is that a real is that a real thing? We're talking about. The quarterback of a team right now, that's the 11th seed. The last decade, every MVP, you go back the last 10 years, every single MVP has been a one or a two seed. The Bills are currently the 11th seed. They also fired their offensive coordinator during the season. Usually that's not something that happens when your defense is not playing poor or playing up to par. Usually that occurs when your offense is not doing things that they're supposed to do. So here's where Josh Allen ranks in statistical categories. Touchdown to interception ratio, 19th. Yards per pass, 12th. Passer rating, 10th. Yards per game, 8th. Completion percentage, 6th. Oh, let's find a category where he's first in. That would be turnovers. The idea that he's flirting with being atop the MVP ladder with the win tomorrow is ridiculous. And it speaks to that people treat the Bills you know, better than any other team. What other team right now would be an 11th seed and we're like, you know what? You don't want to see them in the playoffs. Really? You feel that way about Buffalo? I just don't. They've been hovering around 500 all season long. But people just get so drunk on the Bills. And I get coming from a Jet fan is going to sound like I'm a hater. I promise you that's not what it is. But when the Eagles were 10-1, and all we heard people saying was, you know what? They're frauds. They keep winning close games. They're, they're not the same team they were last year. I don't, I don't see them going far in the playoffs. Eagles were 10-1. and one. Meanwhile, the Bills, who are hovering around 500, are somehow a, a team that no one wants to face in the playoffs? I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. 
Because I'm old enough to remember after they lost the championship game to Mahomes and company in 2020. You remember the 13-second game? No one wanted to play the Bills in the 2021 playoffs because they had just won their division. They were fresh off an AFC championship appearance. And then the Bills lost in round two of the playoffs. Last year, no one wants to play the Bills in the playoffs, 13-3. and three. Then they barely beat Skylar Thompson, and then at home got their asses handed to them by the Cincinnati Bengals. Can we stop overrating this team? Like, does anyone get more hype after never having won anything than Josh Allen and the Bills? Like, it, 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 it would be... It would be something if we're talking about like the Warriors during those run during that run. Uh, if they struggle during the regular season, they'll figure it out. Why? Because championship pedigree. Yeah, we did the same. We're doing the same thing with the Chiefs right now. They'll figure it out. Championship pedigree. Go to any sport. The Astros. They'll figure it out. Championship pedigree. The Bills don't have that. In five years, they've been to one AFC championship game. Stop overrating them. It's it, it just it, come on, come on, chill out with that. They're dangerous. Why? Because they beat the Jets and, and narrowly escaped Kansas City with the win? Come on, y'all. Cut it out. Cut it out. Quick update on the NFL scores. We have the Steelers right now trailing 14-13 in Indianapolis against the Colts. It's a big game for uh, Mike Tomlin and company. They were 7-4, and four, uh, staring at winnable games against the Cardinals and the Patriots. And now they're half away from being 7-7 seven and seven and could be on the outside looking in in that playoff picture. All the people screaming about Mike Tomlin, though, about, you know, they, they want him fired. Please fire him because if <laughs> I'm a Jet fan. I gladly take Mike Tomlin as my head coach. Please fire him. The Bengals get a victory earlier today, uh, 27-24 uh, in overtime over the Vikings. And, of course, tonight you got the Broncos and the Lions. We talked about the Jets playing the Dolphins and the Giants playing the Saints. It is a big game between the Bills and the Cowboys tomorrow. I, for, the, the worry for Dallas would have been that coming off of a, a win like that against Philadelphia, you kind of take your foot off the gas pedal. Because ever since they lost to Philly, it's the only game they were thinking about. The only game they were thinking about. We got to get back and, and, and rebound from that loss. And once you finally do that and you stomp them out the way that you did, you could be concerned about a letdown. The reason why I don't think that's going to happen is because Dallas still has so much to play for. At 10-3, and three, they still could win the NFC East, and they're still within striking distance of that one seed. So I, I don't think they can rest on their laurels. I don't think that they're, they're in a position where they can have that, that setback emotionally and psychologically because it's a tough schedule the rest of the way. At Buffalo, at Miami, home for Detroit, at Washington, one seed still on the table, division crown still on the table. And I think that's what they have to play for. Now, could you see them struggling early just because they've been home for so long? The Cowboys haven't played a road game since November 19th. So we're, we're going on a month since the last time the Cowboys were on the road. And, and, and you know, it's it's been a lot of time with them at home. They've been blowing teams out. So could you see them early maybe stumble out of the gate? Sure. But I think this will be a fun game tomorrow between the uh, Cowboys and the Bills. Looking forward to that. And then the Sunday night game. Man, <sighs> I'm rooting for Baltimore just because I like Lamar, I like Harbaugh, and you have to wonder, if not now for Baltimore, then when. The AFC is a mess. Yeah, I know Jake Browning keeps winning football games, but the the Bengals aren't a contender now that Burrow's out. The Chiefs can't score more than 21 points. They've got a really good defense. They can't score. 
The Dolphins don't beat good teams. The Bills might not even make the playoffs. The Browns don't have their starting quarterback. The Chargers don't have their starting quarterback. They just fired their head coach, so they're a mess. All of the teams we thought that could be good, the Jets losing Aaron Rodgers. If not now for Baltimore, then when? If they don't win this championship this year or at the very least get to a Super Bowl, how do you make the case for them going forward? So that's a big game in Jacksonville, uh, taking on Trevor Lawrence. Sunday Night Football should be fun. And the Eagles uh, try to right the ship. They, they've suffered back-to-back just horrifying losses. I think people are kind of overrating uh, what it means long-term. But no, make no mistake about it, that, that's a bad look uh, for the reigning NFC defending champions to lose 42-19 and then follow that up with 33-13. So they've got to make a statement on Monday night before their schedule becomes a cakewalk. The Giants and the Cardinals, two of the last, uh, the last three weeks to wrap the season. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We hit Chris and Beth Page. What's up, Chris? Hey Ty, how we doing, pal? Doing um, okay, man. What's up? Listen, I want to talk about the Giants, but quickly, you really hit upon it with the NFL. I want you know, Ty. In my mind, I can only see one of three teams winning the Super Bowl this year: Baltimore. San Francisco and Dallas. Those are the only three teams I could possibly see winning. I think everyone else, certain things have to break right. If Philly or Kansas City was to sneak in there or Miami. But I just see those being the teams, the three best teams playing best football right now. I hear that. I I hear that for right now. It's just hard for me. Like, as much as uh, Kansas City has struggled, especially with the, you know, receiving core, it's hard for me to count them out, man. Like, I, I can't look I know, at they're, Mahomes. They're probably gonna play a road game though this time, Ty. Yeah, they've never and they never have. So right. I understand, but no, you're you're really afraid of Patrick Mahomes winning a road playoff game? Like, is that really? No, gonna... no, no, no. I'm not. Listen, listen. I never doubt Patrick Mahomes. I'm probably gonna eat my words for saying this, but I just the way I've been. I watch a ton of football this year, and those three teams that I mentioned, Baltimore, yep. San Francisco, and Dallas, to me right now look like the one. You know, the only three possibilities I see of winning the Super Bowl. I hear but that. That's just. And you wanted right. to say and something very, about the Giants, yeah. Very quickly. I'll be quick. Um, one of the things that's been lost in the whole Tommy DeVito, you know, and he sucked up a lot of the oxygen, and I'm happy for him. I get it. But one of the things that's being lost is slowly but surely, Wink Martindale is really assembling some decent, you know, and the Giants have been assembling some talent, and Wink is really coaching them up. And it didn't come by accident, all those turnovers the last couple of weeks. They're more aggressive now. I love Deontay Banks as the cornerback. Oh, he's had a great uh, season, man. He's had a great and season. O- and Bobby Okere, uh, I can't Okereke. even say his Okereke. Name, Yeah, Okereke. Okereke, there you go. He's been tremendous. Uh, you know, Kayvon. Uh, Kayvon's obviously Kayvon's been shot been out of great. a cannon. Even Ojolari had a good game last time. And, uh, you know, Xavier McKinney. So we have some talent back there. I mean, we're not, we're not on your jet level yet defensively. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But, but we're getting there, Ty. And it's been lost in this whole Tommy DeVito thing. He's, I love the guy, but he sucked up all the oxygen for the rest of the team, but anyhow. That's a measure take. To... I like it, Chris. I, I love that okay, phone buddy. call. I, I love that phone call. The Giants' defense the last three games are averaging, you know, four t- four takeaways. And I said that. I don't want to take away from the uh, sensation that is Tommy DeVito, but, you know, any quarterback would benefit from their defense giving them four takeaways. And the Giants' defense, like you said, has been great. And, you know, we'll see if Wink Martindale stays on board because the reports were him and Dable weren't getting along. But that defense has been tremendous the last couple of weeks. And, yes, I really do like what I've seen from Deontay Banks. 800 919 We wrap this show with your phone calls next. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. 
This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I had questions about him, but if if Josh Allen were having the season Dak Prescott were having, would there be any conversation who the MVP of the league is? Absolutely not. The, the media loves them some Josh Allen, and that's what it comes down to. The fact that, again, I love Orlowski. He's Fat, he's tremendous. I, I love listening to him and watching him talk football because I, f- I feel like I learn something every single time. But this idea that if Josh Allen wins this game tomorrow, he he leaps past you know Purdy, Lamar, Dak to the top of the MVP ladder is just insane to me. Let's go to New Jersey. We talk to Donald. What's up, Donald? Donald, are you there? Yeah. The camera. Oh, that sucks. That's that's sad, Donald. Hello, Donald. Going once. He's not there. Manny's in Flushing. What's up, Manny? Hey, man. How you doing, man? Listen, um, yeah, I thought John Brunson's game did, um was very spectacular. I mean, I mean, to become the first player since Jordan to have fifty nine and six in one game in 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 an efficient way, I think he's spectacular. And I pray that he's an all-star and as well as well, NBA. He'll be an all-star and, this year for sure. Yes. And also, you say, you, I'm glad when you brought up Julius Randle earlier, in, in like an, an hour ago. Listen, you can criticize Julius Randle all you want to, but you cannot deny his contributions to the team because in five years, he's, you could say he's the most consistent player of the team. I mean, he doesn't miss – he rarely miss games. He gives you 20 and 10 and 5. He's an all-star and an all-NBA player. I mean, something that the Knicks haven't, haven't seen. He's probably the most consistent player since Melo. He is. He's been he's been great. Look, the the playoffs. I understand. Uh, people are yeah. are gonna hold that uh, with much more weight than they do the regular season. Like it, it's judged differently. I get it. And sometimes you know the bad body language, the you know the ISO ball, like the the the, the optics of what he's doing on the court, um, just upsets you. But you gotta appreciate yeah. what he brings to the table. You don't make the playoffs tour the last four years without this guy. Exactly. I mean, really think about it. When he first got there, you know, it was it was a. De- I mean, the Knicks were were a hell of a time because they missed the opportunity of getting Durant, Irvin. Yep. I mean, you look, and then all of a sudden, five years later, you know, the Nets are trying to find themselves, or the Knicks are building a trying to build a contender. Yeah. Look, I, I appreciate the phone call, Manny. I, I, I've been. I think one of the biggest, or maybe the biggest, Julius Randle supporter at the station, just because. I think that more should go into how we view his resume than just all right. Let's pull up his box scores from the playoffs, and I get it. Like we we ju- and this is across every sport, and it's been the standard. We disproportionately judge your playoff resume with your regular season resume, and, and it makes sense. But I, I think sometimes we go a little bit too overboard in, in how critical we are of Julius. The guys out there giving you double doubles every night. He's the second best player on a team that last year was in the second round of the playoffs, and the retort to that will be, well, maybe we could have gotten to the conference championship, you know, had he been better. I get it, but he's having a really good season outside of the first couple of weeks where he clearly was, you know, hampered by off-season ankle surgery, and you know, last last night was fun. Jalen Brunson, fifty points, and again, I want I want to mention this, the the. Perfect encapsulation of what Jalen Brunson is as a basketball player and as a teammate for this group. Nurkic has the ball top of the key, swipes it, takes it away, has a clear breakaway. He's chasing a career high, and instead of going up and laying it in or dunking it, he passes it over to Julius Randle. That's a leader. That that's a guy who understands how to be a great teammate, 
and understands getting everyone else involved, making them feel better about themselves. So shout out to Jalen Brunson. Great night. That That is, you know, an all-time Knicks regular season game. It's one of the most efficient 50-point performances in NBA history. And a big win. And a night where you've got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the other side of the floor. Jalen Brunson is the best player. And the Knicks get what I thought was their best win of the regular season. That does it for us. Shout out to Jacob and Julian. Got Rangers Bruins coming up next tonight. You got the Knicks and the Clippers. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Week 15 is upon us. The Jets in action tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. Have fun, everybody. Enjoy. Ty Butler signing off right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.